It's Thursday morning. Wake up, wake up. Thursday. Happy Thursday to you. That was very flat. Our songs you. are terrible. Hey, we could have like a whole album. Well, we could be like those weirdos on You're My Friend and I Trust You and start every show off with a kazoo rendition of Old Town Road or something. We're not that but talented. I can't play annoying. no kazoo. <laughs> I can't play no kazoo. All you do with a kazoo is just hum whatever note you want to into it as you... Whatever. <laughs> Blowing the thing. Exactly. I can't play no kazoo. <laughs> Ugh. Coming up on today's show, we're rounding out Christian Music Week with a discussion about Christian bands versus Christians in a band. Plus, the latest news, random facts, and more. But first, it is June 27th. We got a few holidays to celebrate. We do. Alrighty, you ready? I'm ready. You're not gonna like this first one. I'm sorry. Gross. It's National Handshake Day. Yuck. I am a fist bumper. Fist bump. High five. I, high fives are reserved for my children. I high five you. Okay, Rude. Well, uh, Is that you think of me as one of your children? <laughs> <laughs> Don't know how to take You're that. You're the daughter I never had. <laughs> <laughs> It's also National Ice Cream Cake Day. Okay, I can't get behind ice cream cake. What? I really do not like ice cream cake at all, period. I can have my cake and I can have my ice cream, but I do not want an ice cream cake. No. And Now, what kind of, are you talking about both kinds of ice cream cake? There are two kinds. There's the ice cream cake that's just like, they take ice cream and shape it into a cake form and put icing over it. But then there's actual ice cream layer, cake layer. Made into a thing. What are you talking about? I can't do the... I can't do any of it. Because <laughs> I love actual ice cream cake. Like Baskin Robbins makes ice cream cake. No, because it melts. And it has... No. No. Yeah. If you eat it yes. outside in the sun, sure. But I mean, you keep well, it in the freezer. Well, that's the only way that I eat ice cream. <laughs> you keep it in the freezer. You uh. bring it out. When it's time, it stays frozen. See, I don't like it. I just can't do it. And I really like like cold cake too. Like I'm a fan of my cake being from the fridge. Yeah, or I like my cake being in the fridge. Which is doesn't like that. See, a lot of people don't like that. Yeah, I think we're the weird ones. In yeah, that I know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I love me some ice cream cake. No, Mint chocolate I... chip. Mint chocolate chip Mm-mm. ice cream cake. No, I can't mm. do it. Sorry. Mm. All right, mm. moving mm. on. Mm. This is a necessity. Everyone better have a pair because it's important. It is sunglasses day. Man, I've gone years without sunglasses because I wear really big glasses. Mm-hmm. And so the only real, and I have to wear them. Mm-hmm. So the only real option is to shell out uh, buco bucks to get like prescription sunglasses, which are always kind of lame anyway. Uh, True. Or buy clip-on things and i avoided the clip-on things for forever but i finally broke down and just bought a pair and it changed my life yeah <laughs> they don't look great they got the weird apparatus thing that you got a pinch in the middle that show up yeah you know when people look at you but man it's so nice to not be squinting when i drive in the sunlight yeah so not only <sighs> is it nice to not have to squint in the sunlight you know, and then you get a headache from squinting yeah, for yeah. so long, or you miss out on things that you 
Like I have, I have driven to Lubbock the entire drive, the hour and a half, with one eye closed and yeah. the other eye squinting. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I got there and got inside a building, just thinking my head had been sucked dry. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and was slowly reinflating. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a big sunglass supporter because in 2008, my father-in-law got skin cancer. On his eyelid. Oh, right. From not wearing sunglasses. He worked in... He was a carpenter, so I was going to say he worked construction, but it's not technically construction. Anyway, did that for most of his adult life. Was outside in the sun most of his adult life. And got skin cancer on his eyelid. Had to remove his eyelid and did a skin graft. I'm about to throw my father-in-law under the bus out here. Got a, Had to do a skin graft from his butt... On his eyelid to repair where the skin cancer was. So, unless you want booty on your face, wear sunglasses. And make sure they are UV protectant. I'm so uncomfortable. (laughs) Why is that uncomfortable? It's the truth. I can't look at my father-in-law now and not be like, you got your butt on your eye. Does he have a good sense of humor about it? I don't talk to him about it. No, because I feel like I feel like I would always be making the joke, my butt itches, and then I'd rub my eye. <laughs> no, see, you I, he has a good sense of humor sometimes, and then sometimes he doesn't. So, so I'm not gonna take that. Uh, risk. Yeah, I'm not. Mm-mm. No, just just see him over there rubbing his eye. Your butt itch. Yeah. <laughs> See, I hope my brother-in-law, John, is listening to this because he totally, he would step up to the plate and he would, he would, he would say things like that. He would take the bullet for all of us. While my sister-in-law, April, and I would just be sitting there dying laughing. Oh, if you love our brand of humor here on the Back Row Morning Show and you like what we do at Back Row Radio, please consider partnering with us at patreon.com slash backrowradio. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash backrowradio. We are rapidly approaching the need to spend more money on licensing and storage for our music. Uh, So if you can help us get in that direction, uh, we'd be grateful, even for a little bit, even for, well, we'll take a dollar. We'll take a dollar a month. But if you can do $5, $10, $20 a month, extremely grateful. And the more you give, the more incentives you get. And you can check out all of those over at patreon.com slash backrowradio. Or go to backrowradio.com and find the support us button, uh, and it'll get you there. All right, so it is time to do something that we haven't done in a while, and I am excited for. We are going to play Onion, Not Onion. What? So it's been game, so long. Been, yeah. So I've got three sets of articles here. Uh, I'm going to read two headlines. One of them is a Onion headline, which means it's a fake, it's a parody, it's a satirical headline of some sort. And one of them is a real, actual headline of a real, actual story. And Mo has to guess which one is the real one. And then I will read the actual story that was real. All right. Awesome sauce. All right. Headline number one. Elton John filled in as a last-minute replacement for Kurt Cobain on the original Lion King soundtrack. Or presidential candidate vows to abolish federal government on day one, then resign. Which one's the real headline? 
I'm going with Kurt Cobain. Wrong. What? Smaller government is one of the leading ideas of the Libertarian Party, but one 2020 presidential candidate opens a new window. <clears throat> he is taking the principle one step further. He says that if he wins on his first day in office, he would abolish the federal government and then resign. America is too good for this government, says Libertarian President candidate Adam Kokesh to Judge Andrew Napolitano. Politaniano <laughs> during an appearance on Fox Business's uh, Kennedy. Uh, no, Fox Business's. What is it? I don't know. I, I don't I have it, it in front of me. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I blocked that out on your your uh, show prep. Sorry about that. <laughs> However, Kokesh's platform is actually a little more complicated than getting rid of it on day one. He said, my proposal is the localization of government, he said, dissolving it through a bankruptcy process in a peaceful, orderly manner that would leave us with 50 independent states and, of course, up to 562 sovereign native nations. Although, the wor although there would be a struggle with ballot access, Kokesh believes his fundamentally different approach to freedom would be popular. Instead of saying, let's have a president who gives freedom to the entire country, to say, let's instead localize government so everybody gets what they want out of it. And that is really unifying people, he said, adding that localization is the cure for polarization. Hmm. I don't necessarily disagree with that idea. Sure. Is it possible? No. No. Yeah. <laughs> Not happening. Not gonna happen. But yeah, in fact, I think I saw a meme... Just the other day where it was about, you know what, let's just separate. Liberals, you take your parts and we'll, conservatives will take our parts. And you do all the things that you like over there and we'll do all the things that we like over here. And they'll be illegal in the opposite places. But <laughs> Right? I mean, I think that's kind of what would happen. We would all just kind of self-segregate with our beliefs if we were all independent little nations. All right. Next, <laughs> <laughs> next set of headlines. Nintendo revealed the real reason Mario always comes back to life after he dies is because both heaven and hell reject his soul. Or, 40% of young adults don't use deodorant. I heard this one. Did you? Ah, that's no fair. People be stankin'. A new poll finds nearly 40% <laughs> of young adults between 18 and 24 have not used deodorant within the past month. About 30% of adults between 25 and 34 said the same thing. Market research company YouGov conducted the survey. We don't know why young people are not using deodorant, but it appears it's not because they don't care about hygiene. The poll found young adults wash their hair as often as their parents' generation. Use your deodorant, people. Those pits be stanky. They're the quickest stanky thing aside from your fanny. I didn't use any this morning, and I smell good. Well, that's because I've kept it really cold in this room since we've been recording, so there's no sweat going on. True story. Uh the, Which I kind of appreciate it. I read the fake uh, Nintendo story about Mario. Yeah. And it said that he would he would go to heaven, but he would be rejected from heaven because of all the Koopas he killed. He would go to hell, and he'd be rejected from hell for saving the princess so many times. Of course. And so he would just be sent right back to his body. <laughs> Sounds about <laughs> keeps right. happening over and over again. <sighs> all right. This one might seem like a dead giveaway, Mo. Okay, I'm, I'm listening. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to think about it really hard. All right. Here are your two titles. First title, woman named Marijuana Pepsi earns PhD with dissertation on uncommon names. Or 
Hot Wheels ranked number one toy for rolling down ramp, knocking over dominoes that send marble down a funnel, dropping onto teeter-totter that yanks on string, causing pulley system to raise wooden block, propelling series of twine rollers that unwind spring, launching tennis ball across the room, inching tire down slope until it hits power switch, activating table fan that blows toy ship with nail attached to it, across kiddie pool, popping water balloon that fills cup, weighing down lever that forces basketball down track, nudging broomstick on axis to rotate, allowing golf ball to roll into sideways coffee mug, that tumbles down row, row of hardcover books until handle catches hook attached to lever that causes wooden mallet to slam down on serving spoon ca- catapulting small ball into cup attached by ribbon to lazy susan which spins until it pushes d battery down inclined plane tipping over salt shaker to season an omelet which one's the real headline But you told me to think about it. I know. So now I'm questioning. Because <laughs> I really feel like marijuana Pepsi is the the answer. I'm going with that one. Yeah, that's true. I just <laughs> really wanted to read that onion headline. <laughs> I got a big kick out of it. Oh, Sheesh. man. Marijuana Pepsi Van Dyke is a recent graduate of Wisconsin's Cardinal Stritch University. And no, she doesn't like... The soda or the drug. Van well, Dyke, that's a shame. <laughs> Van Dyke <laughs> earned her PhD last month in leadership for the advancement of learning and service in higher education, capping years of trying to prove herself despite her name. People make such a big deal out of it, I couldn't get away from it, Van Dyke told the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Her dissertation topic, Black Names in White Classrooms, Teacher Behaviors and Student Perceptions, was born out of her personal experience as a black student with an uncommon name. Van Dyke told the Sentinel she interviewed black students at her undergrad alma mater, University of Wisconsin-Whitewater, about the effect of their distinctly black names on their treatment by teachers and the academic achievement that they received. Uh, many told her how teachers would interrupt attendance to ask them about their unique names, which seems harmless, but I could see how that would get really offensive real yeah. quick. Yeah. <laughs> Van Dyke told the publication that she once challenged a professor who did that to her at Whitewater saying that she didn't ask anyone else that. Why are you asking me? My name is Marijuana. Thank you. Still, Van Dyke uh, said that she has no desire to change her name and rejects nicknames like Mary. Uh, The holder of the new doctorate degree credits her mom, who gave her the name in the first place, with making her the woman she is now. I've grown into my name because I am a strong woman. I've had to be, Van Dyke told the Today Show. The story of Van Dyke's name and her new degree has since gone viral on social media. While some people were happy to see her achievements get noticed, others... Uh, piled on with the kinds of jokes Van Dyke has been hearing all of her life. Um, I don't know. She has a better attitude about that than I do. Crediting her mom, I would really be mad with my parents if they did that. I think she's kind of (laughs) smug. If you want my honest opinion, like, I've grown into a strong woman. I've had to. Guess what? We've all had crappy things happen. We've all had to grow into strong people. Not just because our name is Marijuana Pepsi. Sorry. (laughs) Just saying. Yep. Seems kind (laughs) of (laughs) smug. I agree with you. Um, Let's see here. I guess that was all three. All three? Okay. Went back quick. Coming up later in the show is 21 Pilots, a Christian band. What about Switchfoot? Mm. And when we come back, ask us anything. Sit around.
Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show on this Thursday morning. We're entering our second hour. And to kick it off, Mo's got us some fun facts. Not today. We don't have any random facts today. No facts for you. Our facts are we're factless. Uh, I'm just kidding. I have fun. So you're facetious. Whatever. Well, look, look. On this part of my paper, five random facts. Nothing. A lot of black and blank space. And a lot of blank space. (laughs) So we have no facts. In 1997, a Louisville woman left actor Charles Bronson all of her money in a handwritten will, a total of about 300,000. She'd never met him. She was just a fan. That's weird. So if any of our fans want to leave us their money (laughs) and their will, we will be glad to take it. I mean, I'll take it. We will use it for the radio station. Throw it away. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) Ben and Jerry learned how to make ice cream by taking a $5 correspondence course offered by Penn State. They decided to split one course. (laughs) Well, then. Worked out for them. You know? Bet you they're not regretting that course. <laughs> Tootsie Rolls were added to soldiers' rations in World War II for their durability in all weather conditions. Yeah. See, they, people always say that, like, Twinkies are going to outlive us. I'm pretty sure that Tootsie Rolls are going to be the thing that sticks around the longest. I don't know if I just ate too many of them as a kid or yeah. what, but I had a Tootsie Roll a couple years ago, and it was awful. Really? I can't stand Tootsie Rolls. I don't now. have. I, I didn't have them a whole lot as a kid, and I don't have them a whole lot now. But like, it's, I guess it's usually around Halloween whenever yeah. people get that child's play bag that's full Ugh. of Tootsie Rolls or whatever. Which is the worst bag of candy ever. It is the the garbage choice if you're buying candy. But uh, those big Tootsie Rolls, like the like they have the big chunk ones. Yeah, I like them. Mm-mm. Nope. But I will say this. The smaller ones seem to get dried out and harder faster than the big ones. Absolutely, yeah. So if you're going to have a Tootsie Roll, just go for the big thing. (laughs) Uh, When Canada's Northwest Territories considered renaming itself in the 1900s, one name in the 1990s. (laughs) I mean, that was also... Never mind. It's only 90 years different. One name that gained support was Bob. (laughs) Sure. And after Outcast saying, shake it like a Polaroid picture, Polaroid released a statement, shaking or waving can actually damage the image. I do. I remember that. But that's how you got it to dry. <laughs> that's just what we told ourselves. That that's how, because it wasn't drying or anything. It was, Whatever. No, no. <laughs> stop being a buzzkill. Slowly kill. developing. We're like, do it fast. It's just like how Enough. we. Enough. Tell ourselves, blow into the Nintendo cartridge and that'll... And that totally helped. <laughs> Jeez. You are just like, you're the worst today. Jeez. Uh, well, <gasps> what's next? Oh, is it my turn? <laughs> Sorry. I have things going on. Uh, it's time for Ask Us Anything. Yay. The time of the show where our listeners get to send in questions about anything. And we have to answer them. <laughs> the part of the show where See, I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a good ad-libber. Ask us anything. 
Oh. <laughs> All right, are you ready, Matt? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where do you like to go when you eat out? Okay, this is very This is a very basic answer. You so basic. I'm a very basic person right now. Basic white boy. <laughs> but literally my favorite place to go out to eat is the Olive Garden. And we don't have one here. But, like, every time I go to the Olive Garden, everything is exactly what I want. The salad is the exact salad that I want. They have actual Italian dressing, which most restaurants don't anymore, uh, which is what I want. They uh, have the that, oh, what is it, that the deep fried, like, lasagna mm-hmm. things. Oh, gosh. And then their Alfredo. Lasagna frita. Yeah. And then their Alfredo sauce, their Alfredo, uh, chicken Alfredo or whatever, the best I've ever had. And the last time we went, which is rare because, again, we don't have one here. Last time we went, we had a dessert called a chocolate lasagna. Mm-hmm. It was the best dessert I've ever had in my life. And I'm mad that we chose to split one between the four of us. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. It was the best meal. That last time we went was the best meal we've ever had. It was so great. Hmm. <sighs> we tipped like 30 bucks. We were so happy. Really? <laughs> That's a lot for a tip. Um, it, sounded like, it sounded like I was bragging. I wasn't trying to brag. I was just trying to show how much we really enjoyed the meal. We don't normally tip that high. <sighs> so, okay. So if we're talking here in town, when we go to eat out, there's we have a restaurant called Something Different here they in town. They opened up a new one. Did you know that? I did. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I've never heard of them anywhere else other than within our little Clovis, Portalis, and Level Land. Yeah, I think that's all it is. So. I'm pretty sure it was, it was started here. Yeah. Yeah. So at Something Different, you can get... Practically anything. Mm. And it's amazing. Everything that we get is so good. Sandwiches, wraps, you can get teriyaki bowls, you can get wings, you can get appetizers, you can get amazing salads. Yeah, loaded baked potato, um, pasta, fettuccine alfredo, chicken fettuccine alfredo. Oh, it's so good. We love something different. I've been there a lot and... The food's not bad. But oh, it's no. Nothing special. No, you're crazy. Yeah. I, I feel like they do too many things normal, like okay, and mm-hmm. nothing great. Nope. That's Lies. my opinion. My favorite thing from there <laughs> so their teriyaki bowls are super good. The Szechuan bowl is really, gu- really good. But recently, I've been getting the spicy Thai ranch salad. O-M-G. It's amazing. That sounds... The best salad in the world. Weird. Hands down. <laughs> if I'm going to go out of town, you stole my answer, though, because I do really love really? Olive Garden. Okay. Yes, Olive Garden is... I don't feel is... as bad, then. Oh, no. I love Olive Garden. <laughs> and it's not even authentic Italian food. Right. It's, but... it's still, a, like, a Americanized... Yeah. It's the Taco Bell of, of Italian Of food. Italian. It is. True story. All right. Uh, so that brings us to our second question. Let's do it. Do you like to cook? 
One, two, three. No. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on the food, mm-hmm. I guess. I prefer to bake. I enjoy cooking things that are really involved like once a year. Like before, our church used to do a chili cook-off, which I hate chili. Yeah. But I make a good chili, according to everybody who eats it. Yeah. And I really like cooking chili because it's very involved and you got to get all these spices and you got to chop all this stuff up and cook different portions at different times and then it all coalesces together into that one final product. That's exciting to me, but it's also exhausting Mm -hmm. and I only rarely like to do it. Yeah. If we're talking about like, I don't know, well, we don't cook anything that gets like really involved where you're like making things from scratch. I feel like everything we make is pasta from a box that you're heating in water. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Grilling, grilling your hamburgers on the George Foreman. Yeah. I mean. So that's really, that's how you grill get. your hamburgers. You just need to come pick up that grill from my house for Pete's know. sake. Nah. Oh my god! The last time I grilled the hamburgers out on a grill, I completely ruined them. They were all. There's only one way to learn, Matt. Burn my house down. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. All right. Lastly, could you live without the internet? One, two, three. No. You were supposed no. to answer. Sorry. <laughs> I was formulating a more detailed answer. No. I'm, uh, as much as I would love to be able to say, heck yeah, I can live without the internet. I don't need that. <laughs> You're not too proud to admit it. So, fun fact. I did not have internet for five years. I, I, I left the internet in 2006. Didn't come back until 2011. Okay. I missed the growth of YouTube, like it was barely a thing when I left. I missed Facebook taking over MySpace. Yeah. I missed a whole lot. But I was able to jump back into it like it was nothing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, like, I don't know. I feel like maybe I could. I mean, I couldn't and still do the jobs that I do. Right. Because I, you know, I'm a social media director at my church, so it involves all this internet stuff. But if that wasn't my job, if I was working at Lowe's or whatever, if I was working some normal retail job or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I could probably. I've mean, got a lot of DVDs. I don't need to stream anything. That's what we did back then. We watched normal TV and we watched DVDs. Uh, read books, played video games. Okay, so sure. If if internet was no longer a thing, yeah. could we survive? Yes. Yeah. Would well, I, I think like... I'd be fine with it. I, mean, I, was I don't. I fine with it before. So when we were in Italy, the way that internet works, at least where we were, um, it was like a prepaid cell phone. You know, you bought minutes. Oh, yeah. that's annoying. So every month we would buy minutes for the internet. And every month... I would use the minutes up before the end of the month. So we would have like a week span or, you know, three to five day span. (laughs) With nothing. With nothing. And that was really hard because we were overseas and all of our family was here, you know. So, you know, nieces and nephews are being born and, oh gosh, is it going to happen when we're out of internet and we're not going to know anything, (laughs) you know. Um, So, yeah, that was... 
Did I survive? Yes. <laughs> Actually, I think that Mila was born in a period where we were out of internet minutes. So and so <laughs> I couldn't share it. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Two days later, our internet renewed, and I was like, hey, by the way. Oh, yeah, guys. Hey. <laughs> yeah. In case you didn't hear. Yep. But you didn't. But. All right. Okay. A restaurant that has a corporate mission to glorify God is officially the third largest restaurant in the United States. Chick-fil-A climbed from number seven to number three in the latest rankings by the nation's restaurant news in RN analysis after it had a $10.46 billion in total sales in 2018, trailing only behind number one McDonald's at $38.52 billion and number two Starbucks at $20.49 billion. Chick-fil-A passed Subway to take the third spot, and Subways are everywhere. Everywhere in very cheap locations, mm -hmm. and they make buco bucks. Chick Fil A is in a lot of places, but not nearly as many locations and not as nearly as many areas of the nation. <clears throat> NRN released the chart Monday. It was the fifth straight year for Chick Fil A to post a double-digit sales gain. Uh, NRN reported Chick Fil A grew by 16.7 percent in 2018. So, I feel like all the boycotts and stuff ain't working. Yeah. I feel like they still making money. Yeah, I feel like you're right. Despite not even being open on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They even, in that last, uh, no, it was this year. It was this year that they didn't open in the at the Super Bowl. in Because the, they had like a restaurant... Really? At that, at that stadium. That. And okay. they're like, like every Sunday, we'll be closed. And then Burger King came on with that, well, we'll be open like every Sunday. That's... And everyone responded, ain't nobody want to eat at Burger King. Right? <laughs> That's tough to be like a, a restaurant in a stadium and not be open on Sundays. Mm -hmm. Because so many games are on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yep. We'll keep it up, Chick-fil-A. <laughs> but there's a lot of games like on Thursdays. Too, sure. Right? And, I mean, Monday. Mondays, yeah. Sure. But still, but yeah, Sunday is Sunday football is day. Sunday is the big football day. Yeah, you're right. You right. And when I you know. write, you write. I know. You ain't got to tell me. <laughs> when we come back, what's the difference between a Christian band and a band made up of Christians? But first, it's time for the Love Thy Nerd Critical Hit. Take it away, Hector. Hey everyone, this is the Love Thy Nerd Critical Hit. I'm Hector Mirai with Faith and Fandom, and I just wanted to share a quick thought with you. If you ask even the most well-seasoned nerd to tell you about a man named Keith Tucker, they probably can't. But Keith is responsible for things that millions of people have loved for generations. Keith is a storyboard artist, meaning before things get animated or put on screens, Keith tells the story so that people know how to proceed and what they're doing. Keith has worked on X-Men, Ghostbusters, DuckTales, Chip and Dale, Jim and the Holograms, G.I. Joe, Transformers, and so many other things that many of us grew up loving and still love today. Yet Keith is not famous for these things. People wouldn't necessarily recognize him in a crowd or 
even know who he is. I met him this weekend at a Comic-Con and was astounded at all this man had accomplished. But that's the thing, when you're doing things because you love it and for the right motivation, it doesn't matter if you get credit or not. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6-8 through eight reads, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has made it, been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. Listen, we can get really caught up sometimes in not being concerned about the quality of what we're doing, but rather how much recognition we're getting for it. That's not what we're called to do. Keith is completely satisfied knowing he has worked to bring amazing things that people love to millions of people. And for us as Christians, we need to be content to serve God with our fullest extent, knowing that we're doing what he's called us to, whether we get recognition or glory for it in ourselves. want you to know that Love Thy Nerd exists to love and serve our nerdy neighbors through thoughtful content, relational outreach, and intentional community. Check out our website at lovethynerd.com, our thriving Facebook community where you can interact on a daily basis. We have several podcasts, one of which I host, and we're active on all the socials. You can also check me and my book series out over at Faith and Fandom on Facebook. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show here on this Thursday afternoon. It's the third Thursday. hour. Typically on Thursdays, we throw it back to a classic discussion from our podcast days, but we are having a special discussion week. It is Christian Music Week. We've tackled several topics, but the last one we're tackling is Christian bands versus Christians in a band. When we first launched, we had quite a few people upset or at least confused as to why we played 21 Pilots on our station. Now we've played, we play other bands uh, that don't necessarily identify as Christian bands, but 21 Pilots is very popular right now. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of the most obvious. Uh, I have had several discussions this year with people as I defended the choice uh, that, that both members are professing Christians and that many of their lyrics speak on faith matters, albeit in a more poetic way than some people may desire. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've wanted to feature bands that are are overtly Christian, but also bands that are made up of Christians that write about other issues. Uh, there are several bands out there that are kind of considered Christians in a band and not necessarily Christian bands. Now, this is not that BuzzFeed list of the Oh, here's 10 uh, bands or artists that you didn't know were Christian. And it had, like, Lenny Kravitz on it and Evanescence, who have come out 
and said, no way we're Christians, and you know all these other bands that don't fall into the right category. This is an actual list of bands. Uh, so the number one that I have on the list is Switchfoot. Mm-hmm. Switchfoot used to be a Christian band. They used to call themselves a Christian band, but have since come out and said that we are not a part of the Christian genre. They still write about faith matters. They still write about God and Jesus specifically, uh, but they don't typically say the name. I mean, it's clear that's who they're talking about, but it's not overt in that they don't actually say the name Jesus. And they get a lot of criticism for that. Uh, in fact, I, the, the most recent one was from our our buddy Joey Porter um, from the from Constant Halo that you'll hear on the station, and then he's currently a part of the Joey Porter band mm-hmm. that is still waiting to record. But anyway, you know, he said that that's that's been the most frustrating thing for him with Switchfoot is that he likes their music, but he's like. Can you just say the name Jesus at some point? Yeah. You know? Because mm-hmm. we, we all know that's who you're talking about. Just mm-hmm. say it once mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. one song. Yeah. And, you know, I get that I get that idea. But at the same time, Switchfoot is also trying to reach people that aren't in that Christian genre. And not necessarily just to make music for them, but to kind of plant those ideas and mm-hmm. plant that morality and plant that... Uh, Whatever. I'm doing weird motions with my hands. Talking with my hands. That's not how you plant things. (laughs) Plant. Flip it all over. (laughs) Drop them. Uh, We got another band. Uh, This one's more towards the secular side. This would be U2. I was saying it like I was saying YouTube. U2. (laughs) U2. U2. That was... um, the other day we talked about uh, a station that's kind of in our local area. It's out of Albuquerque called uh, Star 88. Uh, and they've gone through several name changes over the years. The previous one was called Static Radio. When Static Radio started, they started similar to the way we did with playing 21 Pilots. They started playing U2 mixed in with the normal standard Christian music. Uh, because, you know, they are all Christians in the band, albeit they're more liberal-oriented Christians. Um, and they have written several songs about uh, Christian matters, even specifically about Jesus, uh, like the song 40. You know, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined and heard my cry. You know, that's those are songs that are clearly, clearly about, uh, you know, our, our faith. Mm-hmm. And so they, they started playing you too, but they got a lot of backlash for it. Uh, they got a lot of people complaining. They even had to put it on their website. Why do you play you too? And put their whole answer on there. Wow. And, you know, that was a tough a tough stand to take. But they believed in it. And they believed, you know, it was okay to enjoy this music and to support this band, even if they don't fall in line with the typical Christians. Right. Or typical Christian music stance. Because, you know, we are a spectrum as believers. And it's okay to be that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, they, they, it was hard. And when they switched over to Star 88, they stopped. Um, because I'm assuming they got tired of dealing with it. Yeah. <laughs> dealing with the anger. Uh, other bands, Chevelle, they're not as big right now, but they were back when we were in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, with uh, The Red and Point Number One, Send the Pain Below. Uh, Al City. You hear him. If you ever hear Al City, it's usually on things like the background music for America's Got Talent or, you know, some some... Reality Ralph. show, Wreck It Ralph. Yeah, he did that. He does. You know, it's usually not in Christian circles. Yeah, specifically. 
though it is in my Christian circle. Absolutely, <laughs> though, uh, and most of his songs too aren't very faith oriented. Right, many of them are, but most of them seem to be either love songs or just kind of weird poetic songs that you kind of have Happy to interpret. Yeah, yeah, you don't really. It's not really about. Uh, a lot yeah. <laughs> that can be determined. Uh, I still don't know what Hello Seattle is about. I love it, but I don't know what it's about. It's saying hello to Seattle. <laughs> Jeez, Matt. It's in the name. <laughs> uh, there's a hard rock band called War of Ages. Uh, we play them in our 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 back row, comma, but louder mm. uh, show on Saturdays. But they don't consider themselves a Christian band either. Uh, Lifehouse has come out and said, you know, they don't really like to consider themselves Christian band. That, you know, they are Christians. They talk about God uh, constantly. But once you put that label on it, yeah. So that's the, kind of the question that we'll start with is, is what's the purpose of labeling a band Christian? I want to ask that question to you to get your well, we, initial response. We talked about it yesterday. Um and I feel like my answer is going to be the same. When I think of a Christian band, I'm thinking of a band that it, at least the majority of their songs, I can turn back to my relationship with Jesus. Right. Um, it in some way is going to worship or glorify God. Um that what that's what I kind of think of when I think of a a Christian band. Sure, and it, it's difficult to judge that when we come to like the singles that we hear on the radio mm-hmm. or songs out of order. But when you take bands like that, it's typically supposed to be ingested as the album, right? And so, as the album, there's usually at least a couple songs in there that are specifically about faith, and sometimes they tie in to the other songs that don't seem like they are. Mm-hmm. But when you take them out of order or separately, it's hard to find that connection, right? And uh, so, I mean, I agree with you in that you know we want to make sure that the music kind of takes us back to Jesus, but it's hard to do that when it's set up in the way that I would say a lot of bands do it mm-hmm. as this is a, a piece of art. This is a work and it includes all the songs, mm-hmm. not just the individual songs. Uh, so in that part, I would say that we kind of have to be a little bit forgiving, I guess. Yeah. In that respect. Um, <laughs> then again, Al City has a song called, you know, Bombshell Blonde. <laughs> it's all about <laughs> girl he's he's chasing after you know that has no real spiritual significance to right it. it's a fun song it's very peppy it's very energetic and you know there's nothing biblically wrong with it but you know, can't really classify that as a specific christian song right yeah as we yeah like you said like we were talking about yesterday with the the love song stuff mm-hmm. um but it's still a christian who wrote it right and so it comes down to if if we're I guess if we label something Christian, if we label a band Christian, then what we expect them to do is just create music in that vein of mm-hmm. of about Jesus, about God, about our faith, every song. Right. And that's why Reliant K got so much flack with Collapsible Lung after, you know, 
a dozen albums or so already that have all been in line with that Christian aspect, albeit you know, some of them have been goofy and weird, but it was very clear, especially given a listen of the whole album, that most majority of their songs are very focused on spiritual growth mm-hmm. and where they want to be versus where they are, um, with very few songs deviating from that mm-hmm. la- uh, train of thought. But Collapsible Lung, there was only one song, I believe, on it that mentioned faith at all, and it was the focus of the song. But the rest of them was, you know, more about personal experience and uh, outside of faith or before faith or or what have you, however yeah. you interpret the songs and mostly about relationships. And so people got upset because, hey, you're a Christian band and we have a standard that that's set for Christian bands and you're not following that. Right. And I feel like that's the thing that people get most offended by. Mm hmm. Uh, it's not the music style. It's not the the uh, the lives of the people in the band. It's the what are you producing, mm-hmm. and what is the lyrical content of it. And uh, there's there's a point to that which uh, I meant to bring up in a previous discussion that I didn't. Where it's almost like we can't even enjoy music. That it's all lyric focused. Yeah. Like you don't hear guitar solos in Christian songs almost yeah. ever. Yeah. Because, you know, well, I don't say here because you're glorifying the guitarist. That's not that, really the reason, I don't think. But I, I do, do you think, think so. You think I that's do the think, reason? Yeah, I do think so. I think that has. I think that has a big portion of hmm. of why it is. I, I, I really haven't thought about it. It just kind of popped in my head. I think it. Well, and not necessarily just the guitar itself, but the guitarist. You're having a solo. Well, what what. Or who are you glorifying? Hmm. Who's receiving any glorification from your solo? While I don't agree with it, I think it's kind of a you silly think that could be part of it, though? argument. I do think that that's the, a big argument right. from it. I think you might be right. Um, which is, of course, like you said, I, I think that's weird. I mean, it, you know, the example that we use on our side is, you know, the Christian plumber. You know, we don't expect the Christian plumber to uh, be perfect in his theology or to sit there quoting scripture while he's plunging away at the toilet. Right. You know, we don't expect um, this this uh, <laughs> plumber to be sitting there saying, you know, glory to God, glory to God every single time he plunges. Right. And so it's a skill that God has given him the ability to accrue and to bless people with and to make a business out of and he can use that to to showcase his faith to to be you know personable to be nice to be kind to to give charitably do all this stuff and still you know celebrate that skill by using it every day right why couldn't we do that the same thing with musicians you know it's not glorifying the the uh lead singer when he sings the entire song mm-hmm. why do we, why would we feel that way about the individual uh musicians if they get a uh, a solo if they get to show off the talent that god's given them and so i think i'm the more we're talking about this the more i think you're actually really correct that that could very well be the main reason <laughs> so people think though they're showing off now mm-hmm. they could just be keeping the beat but now they have to you know 
have mm-hmm. fun with it. Mm-hmm. Show yeah. off how good they are. This is no longer about God. <laughs> this is no longer about me worshiping God. But now I have to stand here and listen to them play. So what? I'm supposed to worship the guitarist? <laughs> so what would be the 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 positive negative comparison? Do you think to being in a band made up of Christians who've decided not to let themselves be labeled a Christian band? Okay, so I really hate to say this. Okay. Okay. I The question as worded here on my outline is what are the benefits of being labeled Christian compared to the benefits of not? I do not see the benefits of being labeled Christian. And that makes me really sad to say. As a band, I don't see the benefits. I am in 100% agreement with you. Yeah. Uh, if anything, that has become such a restrictive label in music mm-hmm. that sets too high a standard for people, which we've already talked about this too this week, is that you know we we set an an un uh, unreachable bar, yeah, for musicians, and expect them to be on par with you know seminary trained right uh pastors and whatnot when it comes to how they are able to represent their faith and explain why they believe what they believe or where their songs are written mm-hmm. uh we we look to them as some sort of spiritual role model when that's not really what they are they're just using their talents that god's given them to express genuine things just mm-hmm. like david did, did in the psalms yeah you read the psalms the psalms are half of them are about david lamenting life and and uh, even some of them are him being angry at God in, in one half of the psalm. And then the second half is the resolution where he realizes, you know, this is his fault. That's what this music is about. Yeah. It's the same thing that it's always been. It's, it's putting our struggles as human beings into something expressive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you said, when we label, when we're forcing a label of Christian... Uh, onto a band, we are putting them into a very, very small box creatively mm-hmm. and setting that bar way too high personally mm-hmm. for each person. Yeah. It's it's an impossible standard to continually stay up at without completely screwing everything up. Mm-hmm. And see, like Toby Mac has been high on the charts forever. DC Talk, Toby Mac, great. You know what else, though, I know about Toby Mac? Practically nothing. He doesn't get out there and talk about controversial issues. He doesn't really get out there and talk a lot at all. There are several interviews that he's had, but they're all usually surface level about the music. There's, uh, and you know... The things that he does talk about are things like racial equality and and stuff like that, which Christians, you know, all typically tend to get behind. But, you know, you don't he doesn't allow himself to be forced to give an opinion on things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that's benefited him. That level of secrecy almost uh, has benefited him because he's just choosing to stay silent and not putting himself in situations where he's going to be forced to answer uncomfortable questions and alienate people because that's not what he wants to do. And while on the one hand, 
we want to say, you know, we should all be willing to stand up for certain things. On the other hand, let the man be, you know, a normal person sometimes. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't, uh, we, we don't want to, we don't want to have a situation like we talked about yesterday where we're driving these musicians out of the faith. Right. Simply because we refuse to be nice to them. Exactly. <laughs> and that that is what it boils down to. Yeah. It, we are supposed to be a family, mm-hmm. you know, and... I'm this, sure families fight, but... Sure, absolutely. They don't. But the second that... <laughs> Humiliate the other people. Someone does something wrong <laughs> or their opinions differ from ours... Get out! Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. out of the family! Till you think a little bit more conservatively. And I know that there are families out there that do run like that. But that's not well, how all, God designed the family. We all know that's not ideal, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I do think there are plenty of benefits for a Christian band to not be labeled Christian. Because uh, number one, just like uh, Sonny Sandoval was talking about uh, in our previous discussion about, you know, cuss words and whatever. You know, this, this lets them get a huge fan base of people that aren't Christian, that aren't going to walk into the doors of a church, that aren't going to necessarily listen to a preacher. But he gets to bring these messages of Jesus, of hope, of change, of uh, redemption to a subset of people that otherwise might never hear these messages. Mm-hmm. Uh, switch foot the same way. Um, and 21 Pilots, I think, is doing that same thing in that they're... Uh, they they deal with a lot of issues on mental health, which is mm-hmm. what really drove me to them with the lyrics. Is that you know the the main guy has struggled with suicide before. He struggled. They both struggle with depression at some point. And uh, Tyler Joseph is the main guy, and uh, they write about that and they write about it openly. Yeah, and they write about it with with uh, with raw emotion and struggle, and knowing that they're not where they need to be, and knowing that despite the fact that God still loves them, they struggle with with their doubts and they struggle with their, their, uh, um, you know, men- mental issues. And, uh, you know, they have a, they have a song called doubt, which is, I think the most overtly Christian song that I've heard from them, which is, uh, don't forget about me. Even when I doubt you, I can't live without you. Hmm. And it's clearly, I mean, you read the lyrics, you know, Nobody can say, oh, this is about a woman or this is about anything else. Yeah. This is clearly about God. Yeah. This is clearly about his faith. And, uh, but try as you might, sometimes you just can't convince people of that. Mm-hmm. Because, again, flowery stuff. Um, but I did find, and we've added to the station, he was the producer on an album for a guy named, uh, his last name is Whitaker, and the music, the band's called Whitaker Music. He was a producer on this album, and he was a guest uh, artist bless you sorry on five of these tracks and this music is like worship music Mm. but he added his own little 21 pilot spin to these songs but in many of them he's overtly saying the name of jesus he's overtly saying uh spiritual matters in ways that he doesn't normally in the 21 pilots realm yeah and so that not only took a big weight off my mind of that tiny bit of doubt in the back of my mind of maybe they're not really Christians, you know, yeah. maybe they just said that in that one interview. Yeah. But now like I'm hearing him actually really expressing uh, his, his faith. You know, there's one, he still did a you know, semi rap verse in one of these songs 
where he says, you know, and I don't mean it to sound like blasphemy to say that I'm talking about the day my God passed away, but that's not the end of the story. Um, it keeps going and, you know, it's, it's, it was an Easter song, you wow. know, yeah. and it's, it's, it's beautiful to hear that and hear that expressed so openly. And now I have a, <laughs> something to point to, which I didn't right. have when I first had these arguments with people a year ago, uh, something to point to to say, read this and tell me he's not Christian, <laughs> Christian. Yeah. Then you can see, well, maybe he is doing something a little bit better than what we think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, it's, uh, it's the ability to, Oh, yeah, that was, the, that was, sorry, that was the point that I was making. I found that music on YouTube, the Whitaker music on YouTube, where in the comments section, almost every comment is from someone who, number one, didn't know that Tyler Joseph was a Christian at first. Mm-hmm. Or, number two, wasn't a Christian themselves, but said, this music's amazing. Yeah. There are so many comments that I saw that said, I'm not even a Christian, and this is great. Yeah. And, you know, Tyler Joseph's only in like, you know, a little a quarter of the song. You know, it's mostly this other guy. Yeah. And, lyrics, and you know, they're not just saying Tyler's part's great. They're saying this, this song is great. This music is great. Yeah. yeah. And it is, like I said, it's just a worship song. It really is just a worship song. This with a little bit more beat to it. But that is putting those words into the minds of all these people mm-hmm. that might have not otherwise ever heard it mm-hmm. simply because the guy from 21 Pilots is singing on it. Right. And I think that's amazing. And that's yeah. exactly, exactly the kind of, of amazing benefit that you can have mm-hmm. by just being a musician mm-hmm. and letting the work speak for itself. Yeah. Which is what we're called to do, right? We're called to let our the fruit be the thing that talks for us. We're not supposed to be drilling it into people's heads of I'm a Christian, I'm better, follow me. It's, hey, uh, uh, I believe something. This is the fruit of that belief. And that opens the door for them to come in and say, okay, I need to know more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it really makes me question, are we going to use our platform or are we going to have our platform box us in yeah you know and that's that i feel like that's how you can separate the two because sadly being labeled as a christian band you're going to be boxed in yeah people are not going to listen to you unless they are christians and for some that's okay sure there are plenty of christian men's out there that wear that label proudly sure because that is their main focus their main focus is always on this worshipful music or this music that's pointed 100 percent towards god and that's perfectly great sure there's nothing wrong with that right continue but i also <laughs> feel like we're called to reach mm-hmm. you know and you can't reach if you are being confined yeah you know, mm-hmm. um, and so for me, I if I were a musician, I would not want to be labeled as a Christian musician. I I would f- be fighting that battle. Would most of my songs be geared towards Jesus or, you know, my relationship with him or some some sort of Christian standard? Yes. Mm-hmm. But would I want to be boxed and labeled as a Christian musician? I don't think I would. Yeah. And see, there are other bands out there that, uh, you know, are very much not Christian bands, 
though some of the members or maybe the lead singer is a Christian, mm-hmm. just not kind of that perfect cookie cutter Christian, you know, mm-hmm. some of them cuss or right. have other struggles. But we have bands like Mumford and Sons, we have Chance the Rapper, all of them talk about uh, faith matters and Jesus and mm-hmm. all this many times in their songs, though this is obviously secular music. Yeah. Uh, this is not not either of what we're talking about. It's not Christian bands. It's not Christians in a band who are trying to reach both audiences. Right. This is people who are Christians but are musicians in the in the normal secular world of music. Yeah. And that's kind of where they're staying. And while you know, I you know, I wish we could still keep it a little bit cleaner, and so it could be a little more widespread. I'm not upset at the fact that they're at least still using that platform Mm -hmm. to put the idea of Jesus, to put the idea Mm -hmm. of faith out into the world. Yeah. Um, They might not be doing exactly how I would want it, but it's out there and that's better than it not being out there. Right. Um, But yeah, it's this, uh, if, if this week has taught us anything in our discussions, it's that Christian music is is in a volatile state right now. Mm-hmm. It's in it's on very shaky ground from many different sides. Some of it our fault, some of it their fault, some of it the world's fault. Right. Most of it our fault. <laughs> and uh, we don't really know where it's going to go from here. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I do know is that we're going to be playing the best of it right here on Back Row Radio. <laughs> Hope you've enjoyed these discussions. I think we have. Yeah. Um, we came into it not really knowing what each other was going to be thinking or feeling on these topics. And we disagreed a little bit on some things, and that's okay. Uh, I Guess don't... what, guys? Hold up. <laughs> Guess what? Hmm. We disagreed. We're still friends. Absolutely. Well, I mean. Matthew? As much friends as we ever were, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Lighthearted humor to no, end the this show. is a serious... <laughs> thing to end the show on because there are too many people out there who think that if they disagree with someone they can no longer be friends with them they can no longer Mm -hmm. respect them or appreciate them that their point is invalid not true you're right um one of the things one of the things you learn when you're a christian who used to be very vocal about injustices in this world and sinners and whatnot and you get caught in your own sin and everybody sees it and you get humbled and whatnot. One of the things you learn through that is how to have empathy for other people. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm really uncomfortable with people who like, I don't know, scream at people having abortions or scream at homosexuals yeah. and whatnot as, as if they're not human beings. Mm-hmm. As if they didn't have their own terrible journey to get where they are as just I had my terrible journey that led me to God. Yeah. And writing them off as they've made their choice and so they're the enemy now. Mm-hmm. You know? We we slip into that mode, that us versus them mode far too easily as a society, as a Christian society. Yeah. And it should be our job to rise above that. Oh yeah. And we fail at that spectacularly. And I'm not perfect at it either, but I do feel like that one of the things that God uh, used my failings, my failures to grow me in was that empathy. Mm -hmm. 
and knowing that just because someone lives differently than me or sins differently than me, it doesn't make them a worse person than me uh, and not worthy of respect and love mm-hmm. and just basic human decency mm-hmm. from me. Yeah. And so, I mean, you're absolutely right, is that we just, we can't continue to live in this world where those who disagree with us are the enemy. Right. Because you don't reach the enemy. You kill the enemy. And that's what we do when we're pushing them away with our hatred and our disgust and all that, all that, like we said, that bile that we spit out Bible verses with, is that... We're pushing them into hell. Yeah. We're not pushing them towards heaven. Right. If we're, if, like we said with the planting of the seeds, if we're planting seeds by forcefully shoving it down their throats, they're having a negative reaction to that. Mm-hmm. That's not going to grow in, in their hearts into yeah. something good. Yeah. That's going to grow into thistles mm-hmm. and thorns. Mm-hmm. I don't know how we got here. I don't know either. <laughs> but that's the right, but that's the right message to end on. It is the right message to end on. <laughs> Stick around. We'll be back soon to close out the show for the week. show as we close out the show for the day and the week we got your bible verse and thought for the day bible verse for the day is matthew 16 25 for whosoever will save his life shall lose it and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it and our thought for the day comes from jeremy camp if you're a believer in christ the same power that resurrected jesus from the dead lives inside you walk with confidence in that power today Thank you for joining us this morning. We're here every Monday through Thursday, 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific with an encore at 10 Eastern and 7 Pacific. If you miss one of our shows, you can find the podcast available on BackerRadio.com. And just for one more time, if you've been following us on the podcast, uh, if you've subscribed on some podcast aggregator out there and you're not finding new episodes, it's because we had to move to a new host and our old host bungled the move. And so now we had to start pretty much a whole new RSS feed that you'll have to subscribe to. But you can find us. Go to BackRowRadio.com, hit the podcast tab, and it'll take you to the link of our new home. Or you can go to Podbean.com and search for Back Row Radio or Back Row Morning Show there, and you can subscribe there. And hopefully soon, it'll the new feed will appear on all the other podcast platforms out there. All right, be sure you're tuning in tomorrow for our Kazoo Playing Friends. You're my friend and I trust you with Donnie and Jordan at 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific, and then, of course, an encore at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. This Saturday, 8 a.m. Eastern, is our Saturday morning cartoon six-hour block of classic Christian music to cruise to and sing along. Uh, And then, of course, we have The Split starting at 7 p.m. Eastern. we got three two-hour blocks of specific genres. First up from 7 to 9 p.m. is the Back Row Dance Party. Dance party. Dance, dance, dance. Then our our, uh, rap block comes after that from 9 to 11, which uh, that's the show that's been going for a while now. 
best rap and hip-hop Christian music has to offer. It's my hour, y'all. And then the uh, 11 a.m. or sorry, 11 p.m. Eastern to 1 a.m. block is our back row but louder music where you're going to hear some of the loudest music Christian music has. It's not back row farting. It's, it's no. I hate you. <laughs> that was harsh. You are the worst. That was recorded. <laughs> you saying you hate me. That was so mean. Wow. So I've been hanging out with Hillary too much. That was so mean. That's, that's her immediate response to everything I say to her. I hate you. And I just hear Kevin like, when you say that you hate something, that means you wish death upon them. Every time you say you hate something, an angel loses its wings. That's not what he said. <laughs> I don't hate you, though. I'm sorry. I take it back. I take it back. It's Forgiveness Day, I think. Was that today? I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> no, it was yesterday. Dang it. <laughs> Dang it. You don't have to forgive me. Ha ha. Uh, <laughs> anyway, the split. Starting at 7 p.m. Check out our whole schedule at BackRowRadio.com. All right. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at BackRowRadio. And join our laughter-inducing Facebook community, BackRow Baptist Church, by going to BRBChurch.com. That is it for the week, y'all. Mo, what's the final word? I forget you. Thank you. That's it for today's show. If you need us, we'll be in the back. Bye. Bye.